Hello, and welcome to season one, a podcast where we watch, review, and recommend TV shows that only aired one season. My name is Andrew. And my name is Presley. And today's episode, we are covering Blockbuster, the Netflix original series about Blockbuster, the last remaining Blockbuster. Who would have guessed? You may have guessed that. Uh, but if you didn't, that's what it's about. Presley, if you wouldn't mind, would you please give us a little more info about the show before we launch into our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Blockbuster is a Netflix sitcom from last year focusing on the fictitious last Blockbuster trying to stay in business. The show follows the owner, Timmy, played by Randall Park, as the manager of this final Blockbuster. Together with his childhood friend and crush, Eliza, played by Melissa Fumero, and the rest of the passionate employees of the store trying to find clever ways to encourage new membership and to keep the store going for as long as possible. A frenemy to Timmy is the owner of the strip mall where the Blockbuster is located, Percy, played by J.B. Smoove, who is constantly trying to both help and hurt the business by wanting his daughter employed there on one hand, while also demanding the rent for a business of a friend that he knows is struggling to keep the lights on as well as to pay his daughter. A little bit of a contradiction. After some hijinks uh, to try and keep the store open, the final episode concludes with a solar flare that knocks out the internet and the local populace, desperate for entertainment, begins once again to flock to Blockbuster and the store for the time being is saved. End of episode and show because netflix canceled it just like they canceled the real life blockbuster yes indeed how very uh how very meta of them but meta in a way that i don't think that they realized when they made this show 100 percent. yeah so like just general thoughts i mean the the thing that is we have to lead general thoughts yes mr general sir uh, the the most important thing to note about the show is that it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just end the episode? Could this just be a tight two and a half minute pod? <laughs> yeah. This one was just a really short show, really short review. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us at... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it, it just generally wasn't funny. Which is a shame because they have a lot of the elements for comedy that are right, but they don't execute on them properly. I think we both we, we both enjoy Randall Park. I, I really love like Randall, Randall Park. Park. Yeah. yeah, I think no, he's I genuinely a funny guy. I and think I he's enjoyed clever. Melissa Fumero as well in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like Amy was such a great character, and and I love her. Yeah. Uh, in in that. That's actually one of my criticisms is that she feels too much like the same character. Yeah. She feels kind of like Amy is very much like a know it all and a very like, uh, you know, very tries to kind of lord over her knowledge of over people and that's exactly what her character uh, eliza does in the show where she's always like oh well i went to harvard so why am i working at the last blockbuster on the planet i don't know man i think part of that show i think part of that might come from that this series was written by vanessa ramos who was one of the writers for that's right brooklyn 99 as well as superstore and one of the things that I noticed about this show was that they felt very similar to those two shows. Yes. Uh, in a way that potentially got in their way. Yeah. Of yeah, making yeah, yeah. something that was was unique and a lot more engaging and ultimately not canceled uh, almost exactly one month after it released. 
No which, joke. Uh, which that we teased happened. at the end of our last episode for our listeners. Uh, and I'll flesh it out again. Andrew and I, the day that this show was announced to be happening, called that it was going to be a future episode of our podcast. We just yeah. knew from the outset that it was going to be canceled because there was no way it was going to be good. Yeah, 100%. Like, it just... We had this just feeling, and I guess it's a skill at this point, too, you know, because we've called a few other shows that are um, on the list, but you might not know them. Um, and we've been like, yeah, that one's going to be canceled. That one's going to be canceled. And we've been right about a few of them. Um, but this one, for sure, it was just like... It was just like a, an alarm went off. It was like, yeah. yep, that's going on the show. Like, there's we both no had doubt a premonition about it. in our sleep. Yeah, no you know? doubt about it. But it's it's just it's unfortunate and it's fortunate both because it could have been a great show. It had a lot of potential, and you know we'll we'll kind of get into that here uh, in just a, a few minutes. But you know, it's it's always sort of sad to see a show. Uh, come up for our list because that just means uh, a lot more hope died um, and we get to cover it. Yeah. I, Which I, sounds really sad, but like, I, you know, people sign shows and they create shows intending to see them go past, you know, one season. Right. But yeah, I mean, implicitly, you know. but by the fact that it is a TV show, you're definitely right. I, I think it's also worth noting, like Brooklyn nine, nine had a very tumultuous, you know, continuity to it. Like it was canceled and yeah. rebooted and switched yeah, networks. That's true. And now it's really well regarded and it's not a show that feels too disjointed. Like it's not like those shakeups really changed the, the feel of the show drastically from, you know, season to season or whatever. No, but totally. I wonder if that was like a bit of an omen for some of the future development projects of this person that, you know, they, you know, this show just didn't have enough funny elements or unique characters she wasn't. It. I don't think she was the sole writer, the head. Oh, obviously, writer, right. Showrunner. It's, it's, it's made by right? a lot of people. But, but yeah, um, yeah. It may it may have been somewhat of a somewhat of an omen or a, a foreshadowing. And obviously, we don't know all the politics and goings on of like TV studios and whatnot. I just think it's interesting that you know there you know you have the head writer of two of these shows having tumultuous you know presentations uh, and and renewal cancellation schedules. That's all. But yeah. it makes perfect sense, right? Like we'll we'll yeah. we'll dig into it. But like, this show just didn't have anything <clears throat> funny about it. I thought of I I wrote down the one time that I laughed unironically. It was a genuine funny moment. And oh, you had one. You I had, had one a single to, one. See, I, that I had to I, write down. I kind of didn't, and I think uh, you know this was a pretty quick watch, but I think that I had to restart some episodes a little bit because i just kind of got that glossy eyed like glazed over mentality or look that was just like yeah i don't even i don't even know what just happened it's interesting that you were able to even eke out one joke because i personally i i didn't find much of it at all funny anything really i think maybe i i chuckled like a little bit every now and then like a little that was the most it ever got from me right um but but for you to like have a moment that was actually worth writing down, I'm very interested to know what that moment was. If you yeah, so it it's it's subtle and it's it's one of the examples of like uh, it, it it exemplifies I think the larger problem of, of the story. So just like setting it up for our listeners, right? 
in one of the episodes, Eliza, Melissa Fumero's character, is trying to leave Blockbuster because she has a Harvard education. It's brought up constantly throughout the show. And so she's just trying to become uh, like uh, part of the corporate offices of a rental car company. And we see Timmy, her boss, Randall Park, on the phone, presumably with uh, the people uh, asking for referral uh, slash, uh, you know, uh, reference that she put down on her resume. He is uh, waxing poetic about her, talking about uh, all, all the cliches of, you know, oh, her worst quality is that she's a perfectionist and, you know, I, she's <laughs> yeah, completely okay. indispensable to my team and, you know, all that, you know, kind of uh, talking her up. And she's present for this. Like Melissa Vimera walks in, we see it kind of like in media res of like him talking to them. And uh, then towards the end of it, he was like, but I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. What was the question again? And, you know, it's revealed that it's like, oh, you just wanted confirmation that she does work at Blockbuster? Yeah, she does work here, right? It's like clearly he went on a complete tangent to look good to, to this to this Try person. To sell it, yeah. um, and so that wasn't the funny part. Like that's kind of a normal like joke to do where it's like someone overshares based on like a very subtle question. Right. The funnier part was then at the end, he's like, well, yep, I can confirm that she works here. And yep, that's everything. And then the person like, clearly says, okay, bye. And then he's like, okay, bye, love you. And then he hangs up. Oh, gosh. And then- and then he's like, darn it, I did it again. Yeah. And I love that moment because it's a stupid joke, right? It's like very subtle and small. If you're not listening for it, you're going to miss it. But I like that not only did he, A, just say I love you to this random person who is patently unhelpful to you by answering the question wrong, but then also remarks at how he keeps doing it and that it's just like, it's just something that he compulsively does for no reason. And I just love that. It was just like the one, the one bright spot in an abyss of shitty television that was this show. All right. I can, I can, I can understand that. I respect that. Yeah. I think, um, that might've been one of my chuckles, right? Uh, because that is kind of, that is funny. I think Yeah. when you, when you really think about those times like we've all done that right we've all been at the movie theater and enjoy your movie you too enjoy your meal yep. you too oh have shit, a great flight god this is why i don't go in public it's because i'm awkward what the hell is yeah. wrong with me right <laughs> um and that's As that's super relatable all the other jokes were just like just not funny and just i i don't, I don't know who they were going for yeah, this this again gets into, I think, the problem that we had with our last episode of the podcast, American Gigolo, where I really don't know who the audience is for this show. I think it tends to be yeah. people slightly older than the two of us, people in their like mid-30s, right, who were frequenters of blockbusters in their, uh, you know, teenage years or so. You know, we, we went sure. uh, as youngins. As kids, yeah. You know, but people that went teenagers or, you know, young adults, kind of the early millennial generation. And I think there's like a fundamental disconnect with what is interesting about blockbuster as like a concept and what this show thinks is funny about blockbuster because like there's nothing inherently funny about the fact that blockbuster exists or even that one still that exists to this day <laughs> yeah. or that it died. Right. Like it's not funny. Right. It, it, they are playing it up. Like it is just an inherently funny concept to be like in the last blockbuster, which it just right. isn't You know, like to me, it's not right. Maybe there's some comedy to somebody, but Netflix itself literally is the product and the reason that blockbuster died. And totally. so then make like kind of a mean spirited show making blockbuster the focus and not doing it like justice or kind of showing the, the qualities that are, that are laudable about blockbuster is like a huge missed opportunity in my opinion. No, I agree. Um, it, 
it did kind of seem to be built on a found an assumed foundation that the idea of a show about block the last blockbuster was the funny part and that you didn't really yeah. have to try too hard to make anything else happen for for comedy's sake yeah and that just people working there in some not even wacky situations but like pretty rote situations well, is like inherently funny yeah is that it wasn't very wacky it was just kind of like you know um just yeah bleh it's just kind of bland like one you know, of the uh, wacky quote-unquote scenarios is that one of the other owners of the strip mall like uh, of a business in the same strip mall it, their nephews are in town and it's like these t- uh, these two brothers that are like pranking all of the businesses like incessantly to the point where right. they're like causing like literal harm to you know the employees and to the businesses right they put like a beehive in a pinata that you know uh uh percy the the owner of the strip mall's character like encounters and gets stung all up with bees like that's uh, it's not like i'm smiling because it's ludicrous not because it's funny and right. it's yeah it doesn't like it it's not about that could happen in any sitcom right there's nothing about the blockbuster that makes it inherently better or more interesting yeah. I, I think, you know, this was the thought that I was having is that this show would have been much better if you made it in the heyday of Blockbuster, like made it make it in the uh, the late 80s, mid 90s, something like that when Blockbuster is like booming. Right. And just make it like The Office. Right. We, we we've talked about, you know, that you're not the biggest fan of The Office. Right. Like I we know this. Yeah. But like the reason that The Office has a success. Right. Is that it is. you know, relatively extraordinary or interesting character and, uh, you know, goings on at like a completely meaningless paper company in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, Scranton, right? Sorry to to our listeners in Scranton, but you guys aren't really, you know, the only reason you're on the map is because of that show. And, you know, it's okay. Let's follow these, you know, relatively normal people in this relatively normal kind of workspace and see what kind of happens. Right. This is not that, like if they had done a mockumentary style of blockbuster and made it uh, in the heyday of it, I think that the show could have worked a lot better. I don't even, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think even a mockumentary about the last blockbuster would have been funny. There you go. I, right? I think, I think either one would have been funny. You know, is, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the office, right. But it paved the way for so many other very successful shows. Right. right. I respect what it did for television and what yeah, it yeah. did for, you know, other other shows because we wouldn't have potentially seen the success of your modern family parks of rec i mean how a lot of other just sitcoms generally not even just lots and there's lots of and the type of humor too right because because i think the office was a different brand of humor than we're used to seeing right it came yeah. out a little bit after say like friends came out right completely wildly different shows but they kind of you know, we're out around the same time or, you know, I think Office came out as the as Friends was ending, etc. Ish, maybe a few years in between. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's television wasn't like that. Yeah. Know? And I and we see that like as a great example. Right. We uh, we've talked about Parks and Rec. Right. Was the first season was very much just trying to be a clone of the office, like the same thing. Right. right. It really just fundamentally didn't work. But then they pivoted to kind of change the way they structured the stories, the overarching narrative, the overall positivity of the show relative to the office. And it works so much better. And now Parks and Rec is very well regarded in its own right, completely independent of the office because it was able to do a similar concept of the mockumentary mundane goings on. But 
uh, t- tell an interesting, different kind of story with that with that methodology. And so I think like you can obviously do little things like this in, in plenty of circumstances, right? This is this is not there. There are tons of great television, sitcoms, uh, and dramas, and all other everything in between. Um, but right. this show wasn't funny. And it doesn't recognize the the importance of the topic it's discussing being the last blockbuster, which was an influential, important business for a lot of people that, like, a lot of people still really care about, right? I, for my birthday this year, back in December, went to California to visit my sister. She lives in Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, there was a pop-up bar for blockbuster. It was a blockbuster-themed pop-up bar. And oh, you'd go so in. Sick. And you would... What? Uh, get a, a thing of popcorn for free and you'd get your blockbuster little membership card and then you'd look through the video walls and you'd find a video that you liked let's say you wanted to rent the big lebowski and then you'd take that oh, to the bar yeah. with your with your membership card you'd give them the vhs and then they'd give you a white russian because that's like the drink that you get for <laughs> the big so lebowski cool. or you know twister or you know the, all the classic <laughs> uh titanic was one of them you know that that's and awesome. it that's looks a like a blockbuster right that sounds really cool it, it was great and you know it was kind of corny and weird and it's a pop-up bar so it's not like the highest quality stuff but it's evocative of something that was important to my sister and i as an example going to blockbuster every week um and, and this show doesn't do that kind of justice or important thing the right. one time they do it well is when they are talking in like the pilot episode in the last episode and they talk about like the importance of getting a recommendation of a movie from a person right like here is a good movie because yeah. I know you and I know this is what you're seeking. Right. And Timmy does that really well where he's like, you know, a a guy's going through our breakup and he's everyone in the store is suggesting films. And then Timmy comes in with like the exact perfect film to give to him. And then later on he comes back and he's like, man, that was exactly what I needed. And you could have really leaned into that. And they just, they just shit the bed so hard. It's so disappointing to me, honestly. What was that movie? Oh, um, under the Tuscan sun. Is that what the movie was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, the dude came back at the end of the episode and was like, "This was perfect." And yeah, it like changed just, my it was life. This whole you know? thing is like changed my life. Totally helped me get through my breakup. And yeah, 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 yeah. and that's kind of like what put the last too. blockbuster on the map. And that was that was a decent enough little episode. But then uh, I think you're right that like the show was sandwiched by a couple decent episodes, and then the rest was just meh. I even you know, think we didn't decent really episodes see... is potentially too generous. I think it's decent <laughs> moments yeah. in. 10 really poor episodes i say decent in comparison to the rest of it <laughs> okay well again so, is a very low bar right yeah it was a very low bar let's talk about we always try to find nuggets of good and nuggets of yeah. bad there's yeah. usually a lot more bad than good but let andrew yeah. tell our listeners you know what what did you find good about the show what did you find uh, to be bad uh the good i would say is oh man um I think actually that the concept of this show was good. I I think that when you whittle it down to the idea of the last blockbuster just barely getting by, doing everything they can to scrape by and to to get back on the map. Like the story of the last franchise owner trying to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah. is is a great idea. Yeah. Fantastic idea. I think that's a lot of fun. I think some of the casting was really good. Um, you know, we had obviously Randall Park, we had Melissa Fumero, and then there was another, um, uh, Madeline Arthur as Hannah. They, they were such great casting calls and good characters. 
or not good characters, but great casting, and they all are seemingly they good actors. They played their characters well. They played they their characters well. well Thank you. Characters. That's that's a much yeah. better way of saying it. Yeah. Thank you. I got they, you. They played their characters well, right? And so I think casting was meh, but like kind of a good because we have to we have to kind of force some good out of this. <laughs> You're just like grasping um, at straws right now. Yeah. You know, and so I would say those are probably my my goods. Um, is I I think my main one is just the idea of this show was good. Yeah, I, I think it really could have been a fantastic show. Yeah, it's not it's not an idea without merit. It just the execution right. leaves like way too much to be desired. Right, is what and I'm hearing. So from yeah, yeah, and so that rolls into uh, at least my first bad was just the writing. Right, they I think that it relied a little bit too much on the erode a little bit too much on the success of Brooklyn nine, nine and superstore. And they went great. Let's try to just make the exact same show, but in a blockbuster in yeah. a sense, right? Yeah. Because it's that workplace comedy that kind of has, you know, some quirky characters that seem to misfit, but it also wasn't drastic enough that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised to see those people working on a blockbuster. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't completely disjointed. It wasn't completely, yeah, it wasn't completely unbelievable, which I feel like is, is what's so interesting about shows like Brooklyn nine, nine or many, many shows, right. Is that the characters who end up in these positions are people that you wouldn't expect. You're like, how the hell are you a cop? How the hell are you working at a store? Right? Like, you know, all of that. And so that absurdity to it all helps uplift some of the comedy because then you have all these interesting people that don't seem like they belong and you find out they kind of don't but they're you know kind of in that culture they're fun in the, the vacuum thing, of right there's what you're that watching yeah, yeah exactly so i think that was one of the big things i was missing because it relied too much on hey well this worked uh and it was a little bit too much of a copy paste yeah in a sense instead of um you know, more the template than any of the specific characters or anything, but as opposed to just kind of saying, okay, we're doing this kind of workplace comedy. It's going to be about the last blockbuster. How can I learn from the successes of other shows that are workplace comedies and use those themes, those, I not ideas specifically, but you know, the, the concepts that worked and apply that to something that's in a different context. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so I, I think, think like, that was. Yeah, so I mean that was one of my that was one of my bads was just like it relied a little bit too much on the success of previous shows, um, and it, it just wasn't it wasn't funny, you know. <laughs> it's so hard uh, to make that point like important, right? Because yeah. comedy is so subjective, but like some yeah, things just yeah. aren't funny, and this is just a g- great example of a show that is just not funny. You know, it's like, it's so yeah. hard to say why something isn't funny, right? It's like, you know, it's like saying, don't think of elephants. It's like, oh, it's obviously you're going to think of elephants, right? It, yeah. it's, it just isn't. And I'm sorry to the writers and the cast and everything. I think yeah. they're funny actors. Yeah. I think there are moments that they were genuinely really trying to stick the landing with some comedy and nothing worked. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the characters, I guess, is my second one separated from... I guess the idea that that it just kind of was a little too samey. This is your next too, bad bullet point. Yeah, the, the next characters. bad. Yes, is the characters right? There's nothing that interesting about any of the characters, right? That and their interaction with each other 
is not that interesting. Yeah. I wasn't really surprised to see any of them be friends or their interactions. It was just like, you know, it was fine. It was just, it, none of it felt like it, it felt more like it was an adaptation of the actual real blockbuster and not a comedy series. Like, yeah, it's just like, I, I see where you're oh, yeah, at, right? we, we all work here. And uh, sometimes we have know, interpersonal conflict, but kind of not really that much. Yeah. Because we're just coworkers. Know, and sometimes you open up to thing uh, to your coworker about things and they give you advice and, you know, try to put you out of your comfort zone or something. And it's like, that you know, like that's, that's literally like I could go to work and get that. Yeah. You know, exactly. I want to watch a show that helps me escape that shit. Yeah. You want you know? some escapism. Right. And so, so I think that was one of the, one of the other big, drawbacks to it well yeah i i think dovetailing into that right and like you you kind of mentioned this right but none of the characters are distinct enough or have like strong enough personality like individual archetypal personalities to really draw into right yeah. and you don't have any contradictory personalities I, you you bring up brooklyn 99 and i think it's a fair comparison because it was created by the same person yeah. of uh, Captain Holt is introduced in the first in the pilot episode, right? And he is an inherent contradiction to every other person who's kind of more ludicrous, right? Captain Holt is a very uh, by the book, straight laced kind of guy, right? Even though he has his own quirks and weird idiosyncrasies that you learn about over time, you know, he's presented very, very matter of fact, very stern, right? You don't have that kind of grounding force in this show. It's not like Randall Park. Uh, is uh you know really dry dour manager guy that's just trying to keep everything together and everything is falling apart around him in a comedic way i think that could even make the show like way more interesting right if like randall sure. park was completely straight the entire time right but he's obviously not and it's not written that way um and so i i, I totally agree with you yeah um i mean the list goes on yeah but i think those are my those are my main ones i do i mean I also think I guess I guess I'm coming up with another one. It is a point that I wanted to make sure I yeah, brought no. up, but it is a bad for me. Is that nothing really exciting happened when it came to them trying to scrape by? You know, yeah. the most we got was that one thing, that one time where they're trying to like win an awards, they get a cash prize to stay afloat. Yeah, it's like a small right? business. Uh, it's like a small business managerial award, award. Yeah. type thing. You know. Um, I, I would have really rather seen and and I think what what they were missing is like some of those ways that they can grift to try to make money and and stay afloat, you know. We didn't get any of that. It was just literally like, well, let's see if we can just get more publicity and sell some more memberships memberships I, yeah i think it would have been DVDs. great if each of the characters had like a unique grift that each episode they kind of explore right no like, yeah that's what i'm saying is like yeah. it would have been if there was some way that they could have could have taken a dive into like the, and this comes in with the characters not being very interesting or very dynamic right right if you have more dynamic characters they're a little weirder they have other things going on they have little niche things they're into or whatever and you see them using those things and using the, the the personality they have or whatever to try to make money to keep the store afloat yeah right like there's so much potential with that and that's that's what i think of when i originally said that there was so much potential here they could have gone beyond the four walls of their blockbuster which they never or, really uh, the four walls of their set um <laughs> it which is all just you know the same set across the entire thing but 
you know, they could have gone beyond that to say, hey, like, okay, this isn't working. We need to find other ways. We as a family unit, because we're so close, right? Because the characters could be that close in a show, right? We as a family unit need to scrape together to make this happen. Let's get creative. And that's where I think the show would have been better written. Yes. Or better, better. Totally agree. Yeah. I think, I think you're definitely onto something there. And I think like, you know, you need to, you know, every show needs to have like characters that fit into certain buckets of, of who they are, personality types, all the, all the best sitcoms, have characters like this. I'm not saying that humans in reality are like this. Oftentimes they can be, but like it's, it's a dramatization of reality. Right. And there's only like one character that is really like that in this whole show. That's, that's Hannah. She's one of the employees and she's just like this very quirky, super frugal to like a crazy extent kind of person. She doesn't cash her paychecks for, for three months because she saves $3 in the transportation. If she doesn't, every quarter instead of doing it every two weeks or whenever she gets her paycheck. It's like absurd like that, where every single time you hear about the way she spends her money, it's like another level of crazy. Right. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, The other good example is when, uh, Carlos is, is trying to convince her to have a spa day to like relax. Cause she's like really stressed. And, uh, they go to the nail salon that's at the strip mall. And instead of like picking out, colors to get a mani pedi with she wants to buy the nail polish so that she can do them on her own because it's the same cost <laughs> to buy three things of yeah. nail polish as it is to get one mani pedi and then she pays with a coupon so she's not actually spending any money and then the owner of the business is like just so you know you're literally robbing me of my livelihood right because yeah. you're basically stealing the product that i use to make money <laughs> by also not paying me i mean they do it but it's like it's it's fun when it gets that crazy and that absurd right and that's the only time we have a character that has enough personality and enough distinction to throw out there like the other characters like i don't have examples to to share with our audience here because there aren't any. i was gonna say there aren't any yeah there, there really truly aren't any and and yeah that's just it's really too bad yeah um yeah presley what what are your what are your goods and your bads what are your bullet bulleted thoughts um, good are a uh, few, but I will say that Randall Park uh, specifically feels like he's really trying. Like, I, I think yeah. that some of the other cast is not as committed or feels as involved in the characters and roles, but I feel like Randall Park actually cared about the role and was really trying to make it feel real and you could, yeah. you can feel it. Uh, you know, it's, it's always a subtle difference, like, and who's to say, cause it's all acting. Right. But, um, I, I thought. I thought his performance was there. And I, I, like we said, I like him as a, as an actor and I think he does a good job. And so it's yeah, nice to see him. So many great a, things. And yeah. You know, and it's nice to see him in a leading, fantastic. in a leading role yeah, as well. Cause I feel like I he's usually secondary or tertiary in a lot of things. Uh, the other thing is that the, the blockbuster set feels like blockbuster, right? It feels like yeah, how yeah. it felt when I would go in there with my family growing up, you know, and 100%, you know, I, yeah. it's, I appreciate that, right? They have the old computer. They have the weird scanner thing where they would swipe like the disc, not like the the literal disc, but the disc case, right? Like those little things, right? And they have the membership cards and all that. And I just, I appreciate that they made it, they actually took the time and effort to make it feel like a, like a lived in place that had been around for too, right? 
yeah with the candy right um there's a there's one of that's one of the funnier moments right because like they're uh, having trouble paying their their candy vendors because that's like a thing at blockbuster for those who don't know where they would not only have the movies but they'd have like a lot of the movie theater style candies right so you'd get uh, random ones there and one of the ones that you would always see at blockbusters and used to see a lot in movies but don't really anymore are candy called snow caps they're basically just chocolate chips covered in white sprinkles um, like very tiny white sprinkles. They're really good, but they're one of those things that you would only ever see at Blockbuster or at the movie theaters. Like you can't go right. find snow caps at the supermarket like you no. can with a lot of other candies. And so the fact that they were like stocking snow caps and other random assorted, you know, candies like that is cute. And it makes me feel like they're actually in a Blockbuster that's a real place. And so just all that, it makes me, it, it's special to me. And uh, I, I like that. So props to them for, for taking the time to make it feel real enough you know it, it yeah. just skates by it's it's not even like 100 yeah. it's like a you know it's like a 75 percent. but c's get degrees yeah it's like exactly say. it's possible c's get degrees yeah yeah uh bad are that it's not funny which right. again i know is extremely broad but it's just <laughs> one of those things where you can watch the first episode yeah. and just know that nothing funny will come out of the show and it's it's a shame yeah. because i want it to be funny I wanted I wanted to like the show, and that's why I um, I had picked it out of the hat of of our list of shows. Right. Uh, I I think the other bad is just, and I I talked about it when you were talking about your bad, but but the characters just aren't distinct enough. They're they're not. I cannot tell you anything about any of the characters beyond the fact that they work at Blockbuster for some goddamn reason. You know, maybe they just need a job, but maybe they. Do. I don't know. I gen. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you the characters' names. I had to have all the characters' names written down. There's no development outside of the time that they're in the blockbuster, which I feel like works for an office mockumentary where you're seeing them in the lives of their office work. But here, it's like you have the opportunity to flesh out their lives a lot more. The only time we ever get that development is like when uh, when Timmy, uh, Randall Park's character, and Eliza, Melissa Fumero's character, go and get super drunk one day at a bar. Um, with all the petty cash that um, he should be taking to the bank, but instead of spending at the bar. And yep. like, those are the only character development we get outside of the store. And so that's the, those are the two main characters and they're the characters you care the most about, obviously, because they're developed the most. So right, of course. I just, you know, it's just, a, it's a shame. And it's, it bums me out because I, you know, I like Blockbuster. I wanted the show to be good. And here we are yep. talking about how terrible it was. I know. I know. I, I also feel bad. You know, we, we have uh both i mean my my family was more the hollywood video type it was just down the street it was no you know traitor uh no rivalry or whatever it was just literally down the street from my house yeah Uh, but you know we were a hollywood video family and in principle identical concepts yeah no literally the exact same uh in and it connected me with a nostalgic part of of growing up um as well yeah i think like you know it's um you know, this is a good, tell me, you know, before we get into our ratings, tell me, you know, what are, what are some of your fondest memories of this, this time? We can reminisce about the good old days instead of talking about this modern, terrible show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. You know, I, when I think about Hollywood video, I, I just think about like, you know, we used to rent a movie, uh, if we weren't doing anything at all that weekend like for right. the weekend like a friday night was like my mom would pick my brother and myself up from daycare and yep. we would go to hollywood video on the way home we'd pick out a movie sometimes two if we were really feeling Ooh, yeah you know right? squirrely like friday night we're gonna watch some saturday night we're you know we're gonna get like absolutely wild it's going crazy uh, <laughs> crazy 
you know, we would pick out a, a movie or two. But my brother and I have uh, a Nintendo 64. I currently have it. And I have, you know, like 26 some odd games somewhere around there that uh, my uncle gave us when he, um, you know, got a little too old for video games or just, you know, wanted to get rid of it. Uh, you know, my cousins were on the way. And so, you know, anyways. We played a lot of Nintendo 64. Like, that was the console growing up before we got a PlayStation 2 and, and et cetera, et cetera. But my brother and I, every Friday, would beg my mom to rent a game. Which game? Presley, I feel like you know what game. I don't, I don't remember. Super Smash Bros. Oh. One of the, Super one of the Smash great... Bros. OG yeah. Nintendo 64 games, uh, classic. Like one of the best games, absolutely ever. Yeah. Like, it was so much fun, you know. But I think one of my favorite memories and favorite times, and obviously it wasn't just one time that she let us, but you know, she was like, "All right, we're getting these movies. You can go pick out a game." After like, like literally, I think it was just we wore her down, and she yeah, was just right. like, "I'm so <laughs> like, I just worked ten hours. I'm sick of this. I just want to go home." You're yanking Fine. on her pant leg. Pick out like, a Mommy. pick out a game. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it was just filled us with so much joy because we're like, "Hell yeah!" And we just like run into the section because we would always walk through and be like, "Oh, I want to play this." Oh man, man, yeah. dang it, mom, come on. Um, you know, in those moments where she let us let us snag a game to rent, um, you know, Super Smash Bros. Uh, any of the Pokemon games were great. Yep. Uh, like Pokemon Stadium, like we would just Pokemon oh, man. Snap. Oh, Pokemon Snap. Yeah, I mean, you could like if if we were allowed to rent those, like we almost didn't even watch the movies because we were just playing them. My mom and dad are like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna watch the movies because you know, do your thing, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that was like the most nostalgic or like the the, the best part for me was when we got to rent a movie and get a game because then it was yeah. like this weekend is locked in. We're it's gremlin mode this weekend, time. dude. Party yeah. city, baby. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I have two distinct memories. One one is actually also a video game memory, which I feel like was like a later adaptation to both these companies, right? Like predominantly they were movies and then I saw the marketing for like gaming and stuff. I might oh, be wrong 100%. about that. But yeah. uh, the first one is that I always remember going and uh, very similar to like the candy that I was talking about with snow caps. Uh, we we had at one point or another bought one of like the blockbuster variety bowl packs where it's like this massive you know like bowl that could fit it's like three large popcorns that you'd buy at like a movies nowadays yeah. uh size bowl and it would and it came with like a bunch of uh, uh microwave popcorn and candies and drink cups and it's all like blockbuster themed so it's like you're taking you know the movies home with you right like in that kind of sense and oh, I remember yeah. we used that bowl for until we moved you know, until I moved away to college, like there's an off chance that that bowl might still exist in my family back home. <laughs> it's uh, still in my, the cupboard somewhere. Yeah. Um, with the blockbuster logo on it. Um, and, uh, I, I also remember always wanting to go down the horror movie aisle. Oh, I gosh. am a Frady cat who can't even to this day, I'm a 27 year old man cannot watch uh, horror movie trailers. Cause I'd get too afraid and I can't sleep for the next several days. Oh my um, God. I know when we went and saw Nope. Oh yeah. This is you were story. even skeptical about seeing Nope, which was a fantastic fucking great, movie, great film and not a horror movie. Great movie, not scary, but it's in that it's like it tiptoes into that genre. I remember the previews came on 
Yeah, and I was having a bad time. You were like immediately like not having a good time. Yeah, I like, oh, I literally man, do real. the thing where I like put my hands over my eyes and then like put my thumbs in my ears, <laughs> like so it's all one like blindfold <laughs> sensory deprivation. Oh I just can't, you know, there's just something about, and I can play horror games no I problem, but I can't yeah. I can't watch horror movies. Or, you know, I get it. Yeah. There are special few exceptions, but as a kid, even though I knew they scared me, I always like it was like the forbidden fruit that must be tasted. You oh, know, yeah. I had to walk yep. down the aisle and see all those scary movie covers. Even to this day, to. there's like I have a sick like pleasure in it, even though it scares me. Like you I saw, to, I was yeah. I was scrolling through Reddit and I saw like the poster for the one of the new A twenty four movies that was released and it like looks uh-huh. vaguely scary because it's like this weird name and you know abstract image and it's yeah. just like why does this intrigue me but I know that if I watched it like I would pee my pants and wouldn't be able to sleep <laughs> for a week so it's like a blessing and a curse I guess so I remember mm. doing that uh, final memory it was going with uh, our Nintendo sixty four game cartridge of Pokemon Stadium and I believe that was how we got you and Mewtwo in that game like I'm pretty sure you had to go to the their little Nintendo sixty four game kiosk oh, and like do yeah, something yeah, they had that was some- like exclusive to that that. i might be wrong about the pokemon but there was a way to get like exclusive pokemon or exclusive move sets or something like that in in pokemon stadium i think Um, that was and they may have had it in hollywood video or it could have been like a marketing thing but i also remember doing that because my siblings and i loved pokemon i actually continue to love pokemon stadium and i know it's coming out on the switch here very soon and i'm very excited for it oh Um, it is yeah for yeah anyway we can talk about that offline yeah or or turn our podcast into a pokemon stadium (laughs) podcast Anyway, uh, let's let's get to our ratings of the show. I think we're you know yeah. I, I think we're fairly certain, and our listeners may be able to do some predicting of their own. But why don't you tell our listeners, just remind them uh, if they don't remember, and or if you're a new listener, uh, how we do our ratings here, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, so zero is basically uh, an idea that should never have made it past uh, just an idea. It should have been a fleeting thought. Uh, shouldn't have been made into a script type of thing. Uh, one is going to be uh you know idea to pilot let's let's see it in action let's let's just see it in the flesh let's film an episode um shouldn't have gone past a pilot not really very good yep uh two is gonna be your series that were rightfully canceled after a season maybe we could have seen a season more or two just to fill in some of the gaps but really feels about right that it was you know we got one season we called it quits uh, three is going to be your watch your own category, we like to call it. Watch your own risk um, category, where if you like the conversation we have, the idea of the show and the, the concepts sound interesting, you should watch it. If it sounds like something that isn't very intriguing to you when you listen to the podcast or you read uh, a plot summary or uh, see a trailer, skip it. Four is going to be the shows that were good. They're not the best shows you've ever seen, but they were good, and they most certainly deserved more airtime. They deserved more seasons. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit sad that they ended too early. Uh, five is our criminal crimes category. It's going to be the ones that are a, a true shame and just an absolute wrong to pop culture that they were canceled. Yeah. Um, Especially like... Those really impactful shows that really had meaning when they were happening and just never, yeah, never got a chance yeah. to really grow and thrive, which is never really got a chance to to shine um, beyond one series. So, yeah, um, I think for me this is a perfect one. Yeah, um, zero and a half to one, and I say no. I think just one, right? Yeah, 
because we don't do half stars. We do. This we is, just hate doing it. We do when we just decide that we do, and then we say we don't sometimes. I give this a one. You know, I think that, like I said, this was a great concept, and, and I'm I'm truly saddened that it wasn't done in a different way, because I think this would have been an amazing show if we saw some a little wackier characters, those absurdist types that you know, don't really fit in real life or, or we don't see them as often in, right. in real life, but you get them all in the jar together and you close the lid and you shake it up and just see what happens. Yeah. Watch the, uh, watch I the think, sparks fly. Yeah. I think that the potential of what that could have been deserved a pilot, but what they made did not deserve a season. Yeah. So I think that's our perfect, that's my perfect one. So yeah, I, I have to agree almost verbatim exactly what yeah. your sentiments are. It's definitely a one it's it's definitely like you know i can see six different ways that the show could have gone we, right. we've even discussed several of those ways right now you could have yeah. gone a more mockumentary style you could have done it in the past in the heyday of blockbuster you could have made it more of a like actual representation of what the real last blockbuster is like which does exist actually fairly close to us in in oregon and um, oregon yeah yeah which is you know they survive on the nostalgia of blockbuster which right you know that this in the if in this in this reality right of the show right people would come from the nostalgia of blockbuster right they don't express that as an idea in this show even though it exists right. in reality which is again a shame anyway all of that is to say it's really emblematic and, and very perfectly a one I don't think it's dead on arrival, sh- terrible worst idea ever, like a zero would right. would denote. But, you know, I didn't yep. need to watch a whole season of this, and the season was only 10 episodes of, like, 25-minute long, and it was miserable the whole time. Yeah, just there was like, not a lot of television going on there. it was bad the whole time. It's just, it's, yeah. It bums me out, right? Because, like, Blockbuster yeah. deserved better, literally from I being agree. murdered by Netflix now twice. You know, it's like... I agree. <laughs> They kicked Blockbuster really hard while they were down, right? That's what it felt like. Yeah. It's like, hey, we killed you, and here it goes again. Like, (laughs) It would be so interesting to, like, go and interview the employees of the Bend, Oregon Blockbuster and be like, look, like, how do you feel about this show, right? It's kind of mean-spirited to what you all are doing here, in my opinion, right? Because it's like, it, it... It shits on the concept of the idea that this store could continue to exist and thrive in, in yeah. reality. We know that all brick and mortar stores with, with the rise of things like Amazon and other home shopping options ha, ha, right. are, is going the way of the Dodo, which is ultimately unfortunate, right? Like I'm not a fan of that idea, right? But the idea that there's something fundamentally flawed about like the blockbuster execution is wrong in my opinion. And this right. show kind of sticks to that it's like well blockbuster could never be successful in this day and age it's like well sure it could but people don't people want the convenience of home stuff not going out to get something which i understand but it's it's just mean-hearted and mean-spirited it bums me out man yeah i almost i almost think that like an interview with a blockbuster employee would have gone yeah i don't feel great about the series but it's pretty accurate I'm not saying it not lot. it's not what would happen. There's not happen. a lot going on. There's not a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not that it wouldn't be what would happen, but no, I also I think that it's just ludicrous because, you know, yeah. we, we mentioned it in the synopsis, but the last episode has a solar flare, which knocks out the internet, which, by the way, right. would be a much bigger deal than they make it out to be in the show. Like, right. if, if a real solar flare hit the Earth, like, 
it could potentially kill all of humanity <laughs> um, yeah, and or yeah, uh, knock deal. out all electricity on the planet, period. Not just the internet, right? Because that's a very vague term. Yeah. And so the idea yeah. that people would then all of a sudden within minutes of that happening flock and be desperate to get videos at Blockbuster is like very ludicrous and not in a fun sitcom-y way, just in a these people aren't humans kind of way. Like that's not the way yeah. humanity works. Um, right. And it's just strange to me. It is strange. Um, I just remembered that we kind of f- for neglected to mention what we wanted to see out of a season two, although I don't feel like it needs a bunch of rambling on. I think that what I want wanted from a season two or would have wanted was, as I said before, what this show was lacking, just that, that interesting you know you introduce some more characters into season two that have got a little bit more going on and you just get up to some random shit and grifting and trying to figure out ways to keep the store alive after the recent success of this whole solar flare thing they go okay we need to get more creative yeah i think you're i think you're exactly right and i think like the the need of more distinction amongst your characters right you can keep a lot of the characters in there and you just need to flesh them out and give them like actual personalities a a lot more and you need to give like genuinely good reasons for people to want to come to the store and motivations for the characters to come up with these kind of ludicrous schemes to get them in there right it's a sitcom that is already kind of goofy but they don't lean into it hard enough to really stick the landing right they like have a block party a blockbuster party is like the joke that they're doing at the first episode to like encourage people to sign up and do memberships and it like is a is a catastrophic failure but it's not absurd enough to be like really absurdist fun comedy and it's not um funny enough to be funny like nothing funny happens it's just like kind of a normal block party that doesn't go well right? right and that's not like a good way to start your series so having more absurd crazy goings on and having more characters that have unique personalities that make you be like oh well i really like x character because they're like me or because they're the opposite of me right. and that's crazy right you right. know whatever that looks like and uh yep. you also need to do a better job of rom- like doing your romance because the way that they handle the romance between eliza and randall uh, sorry, Timmy is the character of Randall <laughs> Park and Eliza, yeah. Melissa Fumero's character, uh, was kind of handled really poorly because um, it's yeah, like super obvious that they're both into each other. And it's not like Jim and Pam where there's real obstacles to it. They're just like not dating because they're not. You know, it's like, it, it's strange. I, I don't know. And, 100%. You know, you could flesh out their romance and actually see what it was like. To It would be great to see them dating and then Amy has all these Harvard things that make the store go catastrophically wrong. Eliza. You know, that, what did I say? He said Amy. <laughs> Is that her character's name in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, but that's just, that's, just, that's just more evidence to the fact that there's just nothing interesting going on in these series. And right? that like she is the same character as that. Because you just show. connect them with who they are in real life, Randall yeah. or <laughs> Amy, who they are interestingly in another series my psyche is bleeding in the the freudian slips are are becoming reality in this sense you know yeah so uh yes thank you for reminding me about the segment that i completely forget about every single time yeah yeah um but we didn't need another season no we didn't need another season uh by the way guys before we uh before we start closing this out we would love to hear uh your memories and your connections to blockbuster hollywood video any other video stores that you know have have gone out or have died in the era of streaming 
Uh, we would love to hear your stories. Um, it's very, you know, these things and memories were very special to us. We want to hear those special stories for you as well. Uh, please share those. You can find uh, us um, basically everywhere on socials, season underscore one underscore pod, as well as our subreddit, r slash season one pod. Uh, but yeah, we would love to hear your stories. We'd love to see you guys talk to each other about your stories and share some of those things that uh, were formative for us in those years. Yeah, and I even and, I even think about um, like during that time, I remember how innovative it was when Netflix started sending you the physical DVDs just to your home. Oh yeah, right, and those yeah. those weird like, oh, sleeves they came into, right? Like even that, like has has you know yeah. for whatever you want to say about netflix nowadays right like that has genuine nostalgia in my head and and lives lives there right alongside the blockbuster memory right yeah. on that shelf of vhs tapes of memories right totally. that are slowly degrading over time um and uh you know i i'd love to hear those those stories as well because i think they're all they're all important and and recognizing those sweet moments in your childhood or bitter sad moments where you didn't get to rent super smash brothers until you finally totally. did right you know it's uh, it, yeah. it's very sweet. So we, we'd love You're to hear from you all. Mind. Uh, we'd also always appreciate a rating and review, uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen. Cause we're, we're just about everywhere you can get podcasts. If we're not, please tell us so we can get there. Cause we want to make sure everyone is, uh, is able to access our, our content and enjoy it. Uh, cause it is for everyone. Uh, Andrew, without further ado, please tell our listeners what the next show we will be watching is. Well, uh, I picked another shorter series uh, because you know i think when we think about a lot of the series that we've covered you know we had we had to buy them you know they've been kind of long series and if you're listening along uh you may need a bit of a breather and so i picked another show that is about the same length as uh blockbuster is it's called reboot it's a hulu original Ah, series Um, i'm i'm actually kind of excited to watch it yeah uh, because it seemed like it could be good i feel like i wasn't better things about this one yeah it didn't it doesn't seem like you know it wasn't an instant peg with uh like it was with blockbuster where it's like yeah that shit's gonna be canceled yeah it's like this actually might be good uh because there's some interesting people in it and i'm I'm interested to see their dynamics together on on stage or in in production or film or whatever but yeah reboot it's on hulu it's a hulu original series great um you can find it now probably forever um but yeah it was canceled um i'm excited to watch it it's gonna be well, interesting. Great. it's basically about uh some a tv show that gets rebooted after 20 years and they bring in the original actors um and their their antics and goings on around filming series so another potential nostalgia trip uh, potentially uh, very similar to blockbuster we'll we'll have to compare and contrast uh but yeah. thank you all for listening uh and until next time my name is presley my name is andrew and we watch it so you don't have to